listening to Conversations with A&J, a podcast of conversations between two friends who are dedicated to uplifting and encouraging women to advocate for themselves, enjoy silly bouts of laughter, and so much more. I'm Alicia, the owner of The Purple Dash, nearly certified energy healer and all-around fun girl living in the Twin Cities. I'm Jess, owner of Raw Inspiration's dance company, dedicated women's health advocate, and lover of laughter living just outside of Chicago. And we're your hosts. Yay! Hope everybody's having a good day. Before we get started, we are just going to go over a couple of our disclaimers, which one, of course, we do not edit out our bad words, so listener discretion is advised. Information shared on this podcast should not be used as medical advice. As always, any information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. Anyone experiencing medical or mental health crisis should speak with a medical provider directly. Listening to our podcast does not establish a client-provider relationship. So this is our first episode of 2021. Yay! <laughs> um, we're gonna uh, kick off like we have been. Um, we're gonna play with that. Alicia and I have an idea. She, we've been sharing a lot of fun TikToks and other creator accounts, so that might be something that we introduce eventually. But we're gonna kind of do our new and now and kind of share some moments that have been up and coming since the last time you heard from us. So, Alicia, what's something that's new and now with you? You know, um, right now, energetically. Um, I have just been in a funk. I was just telling you both of you ladies that. And so for me, mine really is about recognizing when maybe a goal I set was wrong for me and like allowing myself to be completely wrong with that goal and just allow things to happen how they were. My goal for my certification that I'm doing was to be done well before December 31st. And, um, I just physically and mentally cannot do that right now. Um, My focus is off and I want to retain this information so well so that I can help people's lives. So I don't want to like half-ass it, you know? And so um, I'm allowing myself to take a lot longer doing it as much time as I need. I don't think I'll need a super, I don't think I was super off on my timeline. I just didn't understand these energies going on. And so I'm just, Um, today my new and now is just about like kind of honoring and being okay with being wrong with some sets that you have and like just like feeling that and feeling good about that like how many times do you say that you feel good about being wrong but right Mm -hmm. now I do because there's a lot of pressure and then I looked at the syllabus why did I think I could get a six-month program done in two and a half months right like why I mean (laughs) There's probably a really good reason is it was written for six months, but because somebody got it done in two months, I was like, all right, I'll give myself a little wiggle room. We'll do two and a half months, you know? And so I'm just kind of honoring that. And so that's just my new and now is just honor your time of wrong. And it's fine. We're all wrong sometimes. Well, and I like that because that's, I feel that that's a marker of growth for you Mm. because you and I are big to-do lists. We have big goals. And most of the time we would allow ourselves to run ourselves into the ground to meet those deadlines. Because again, we're, we're goal-driven people. And we realize that if we've set something for ourselves, we have to you know, move heaven and earth to make it happen. Right. Um, and I think that that not only shows growth and maturity and wisdom, but also like good for you for recognizing that because again you want to have the most out of this this program so that you can be the strongest energy healer that there is and you're really doing it you know not just for yourself but for your clients in the long run so I think that that's that's beautiful um new and now for me I'm just going to tell you I had posted a long thing on my personal Facebook page I am a huge Swifty just in case my listeners didn't know but I love Taylor Swift I think she's incredible she's a young woman who has um, a passionate and articulate voice. She has a clear vision for her brand, for her creative process. Um, There was one thing that's been bugging me though, is I got lost in a deep dark hole of TikTok or also known as Swift Talk one night. And there was all these conspiracy theories about her and um, her being in a lesbian relationship or having a relationship with a woman. Um, And, you know, people are kind of trying to out her. So I'll save you the big long spiel that I put on Facebook, but I just, it's not our place to do that. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself that people for many years tried to out me 
um, when they didn't need to, right? Like, cause I was already out, but they felt that they were trying to out me to family members or to people I worked with. And, um, you know, I worked really hard to get to a place where I could speak into the space that that was my girlfriend. And I wouldn't say things like my partner or um, cover it up way, the way I used to and say, oh, my boyfriend and lie about it. And cause I didn't want to make people uncomfortable. And I know what it feels like to have someone try to say something about you that um, they think is true, but they don't know. And I was just really kind of, and a lot of people are gay people who were doing that to her on their TikToks oh. and things. And I felt like, oh. you know, we've all been there. We've all had that fear so why would we want to do that and I, I get it people want another um Elliot Page right formally um identifying as Ellen Page but is now identifying as or is now going by Elliot Page and I feel like they just want these celebrities to add clout to the LGBTQ plus community and in the end they're doing to these celebrities what people did to them and mm -hmm. I just think it's really kind of counterproductive at that point and you know, I, I think that Taylor lives a pretty big open book. Like, I don't know her personally, but I think that if she wanted to share that with everybody, she would. She wouldn't be ashamed of it because she advocates so strongly for everyone to live out loud. Um, so I hate when they look for something that isn't there. So, but I've enjoyed her new album so much, like so, so much. Every song is really good at clean to it today. So if you haven't listened to Evermore, please do. Rumor has it, it's part of a trilogy. So we'll be getting another, um, album soon. Mm -hmm. That, um, rumor I can get up on board with, but Kristen, mm -hmm. do you have anything new and now you'd want to share with us? Yeah, actually, so I was trying to think about it. And I think one of the biggest things that is new and now for me and my business is, um, so I had just hired uh, my first employee about maybe six or so weeks ago. Um, I was getting to a point where things were really busy. So thank you to everybody that's been supportive. Um, and I just kind of couldn't keep up with the demand, but I wanted to keep growing. The reason I um, named my practice Monadnock Nutrition Services instead of Kristen Sassier Nutrition or something along those lines because I planned to, you know, hire on more staff and be a bigger practice. But, you know, when it came down to it, it was really fucking terrified. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to have staff and I'm not, you know, but, um, but I found this great, this awesome dietitian who already, you know, works in the field of eating disorders and, you know, practices the same way that I practice. And she is so smart and just like, so excited to, to learn and to grow. And she's already doing a fantastic job and she's got Aww. a fair amount of people on her caseload, but she still has a ton of available space, which is a huge, huge help for me. And yeah. it's just been, she's just a, a, like a dream. So her name's Nicole. Her name's Nicole Ling. And like I said, she's a, she's a registered dietitian that works with our practice and she's just been, been lovely. And so I'm so happy that even though I was so scared <laughs> and not knowing what I was doing that I, you know, we did it and she's, um, you know, graciously just letting me figure it out with her. It's <laughs> like, Aww. you're getting paid, right? Like payrolls. Perfect. That's all that I care about. That's great. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, to you for taking that leap because that is scary. Oh, thank yeah. You. Yeah. It was, <laughs> but I knew I needed to do it. Like I knew I couldn't, I either couldn't grow, right? And couldn't expand mm -hmm. my practice, couldn't take any new people, or I had to hire on somebody. And that's what I did. And now we're, we're still, you know, kicking ass and taking names, which is good. We have there the capacity to see even more people. So. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, well, I think maybe I should have said this before, but listeners, you spoke and we listened. We had an amazing response to the episodes that we had um, Kristen on the last time. So we had to have her back. We, You all know her as Kristen Saucier. She's the owner of Monadnock Nutrition Services. And um, we decided to bring her on because guess what? It's the new year. Um, we're time traveling, folks, just in case anybody wonders that we are not in January yet, but we're pretending that we are because this is when this episode is going to air. So you're welcome we've <laughs> we're moving into 4d 5d dimensions so that i guess it makes sense right um so we're talking today specifically um in a probably a two-part um two-parter like we did before but this uh you know it kind of always happens around this time i think um i know i've seen a huge amount of things going um but it says you know the the demanding new year new me stigma mm -hmm. associated with 
um, New Year's traditions and resolutions, et cetera. So, um, you know, we just want to welcome you back. We want to thank you so much for coming back with us, all that good stuff. Um, and, you know, thank you for sharing your new and now. We're still going to um, link to the show notes, obviously, uh, the Manette Not Nutrition Services, your bio, all that stuff. Maybe we can find um, a, a link for Nicole too. So if people are looking for services with her, um, well, we can do that for you guys. So as we all know, the New Year's Eve or New Year's time is a perfect time for the diet industry to sink its talons back into us, um, be it in, you know, to the old participants who participate in the new year new me trap mm -hmm. or recruit new victims and I call them mm -hmm. victims because that's exactly what they are um so the first question we're going to kick off right away would be can you share with us from your experience the top three kind of traps that seem to be roping back in or recruiting new people to diet culture during this time of the year yes for sure uh you know so I think the biggest one for me that um, most of my clients struggle with is the idea that the new year is an obligatory time for weight loss, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, the diet industry believes that any, any time is a great time to pursue weight loss. Um, but however, it's really, really pushed um, and perseverated around, around new years. And as we've talked about before, ladies, you know, we know that diets don't work. They fail in 95 to 98% of people, um, and more than half of them gain the weight, gain more weight back than they actually lost. And if this becomes a pattern, it's called weight cycling, which we also discussed on one of our last episodes. And it's known to promote a number of negative health outcomes, right? Such as chronic inflammation, glucose dysregulation, um, and an increased risk of heart disease, just to name a few. You know, but honestly, uh, taking advantage of a time of year when people have feelings um, and, you know, excitement around the idea of a fresh start and the opportunity uh, for positive goal setting. Um, and they do that by perpetuating the idea that bodies are just a problem waiting to be fixed. That to me is just gross, right? They're, uh, they're taking something that could really be positive and affirmative. And they're really just saying, well, really what you need to do is focus on the, the problem that is your body, shape, weight, size. And, and to me, that's just, that's just terrible. So that's probably one of the biggest ones. The second one is the detoxes and the cleanses <laughs> that I see, right? You know, um, being thrown around out there, particularly after the holidays, right? Like these skinny teas, appetite suppressants, juice cleanses, cleanses, et cetera. You know, which by the way, those are all just fancy names for diarrhea. However, we, they just run rampant this time of year. And the bullshit idea that you need to cleanse your body in the first place follows hot off the heels of uh, diet cultures, you know, fear mongering about holiday weight gain. Yeah. And, you know, you, you have to give it to them from a business standpoint. It's a great strategy. But again, that's just it, right? Like, they're going to sell you something that's designed to fail, make it, make you think that it's your fault, right? <laughs> Which makes you come back and buy it again. Um, but, you know, keeping in mind that the diet industry is a, it's an industry, it's a business. It's not a humanitarian effort, you know, to help people better themselves, um, regardless of what it might say. So, you know, the time, the, the fact that it's, you know, weight loss is so pushed at this time of year, detoxes, cleanses. Um, and then the other piece is, is exercise that people really, um, you know, this is the time of year when you, ha you have to start exercising, you have to get to the gym, you have to do these things. You know, diet culture, <laughs> it really just loves to, to lay it on thick, you know, and what a better, what better to add to their new year's uh, shitstorm than all these strict requirements about how much exercise you have to do, how hard you have to do it, how many steps you took, how many mountain climbers you did, or how many calories you burned. Like, sweet Jesus, you know, listen, <laughs> we've talked about this before, you know, and if, if movement, moving your body, exercise, whatever you want to call it, if it brings you joy, I'm all about it. Exercise movement is not inherently disordered, you know, but feeling obligated to turn your life around and really get yourself together by punishing yourself spending X number of 
torturous minutes on a goddamn elliptical, that is not mm-hmm. <laughs> in any way, shape or form a way to better yourself. You know, that is again, fear mongering. And, you know, they really take this, this health behavior for sure, health enhancing behavior that really could be a part of somebody's regular day-to-day life in a joyful and, and, and um, you know, easily managed capacity. But when they put so many strict uh, guidelines around it and how you have to do it and when you have to start it because your body, again, is a problem to be fixed, you know, it it just takes all the joy out of joyful movement anyway. And so that's one. Those are, I think, for me, the three biggest ones that I see and I deal with on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of those things, too, and we talked about this before when you were here, bring up a lot of shame because it puts a lot of pressure in. 2020 year is gonna like 2021. This will be the year that you finally reach that goal weight. This will be the year that you wear that bikini this summer. Let's get started now. And if that doesn't happen, like there is that level of shame. I know with my yo-yo dieting, there was that level of if I didn't hit it or if I hit it, but then gained it back, then there was like that shame of like, well, you didn't want it enough it's not your priority. Why? Like I had one person, this was uh, about a different thing, but I think it's in weight loss too. When I started thinking about wanting to be a coach, I was working a job that I work 70 to 80 hours a week and trying to do this coaching thing on top of it. It was overwhelming for me. And she told me, she's like, look, you don't want it enough. If you wanted it, you wouldn't sleep. And then you could work on your business while everybody else is sleeping and you could, you know, like change all these lives and all of that. And, um, I think there's kind of that same kind of pressure sometimes with, with, you know, weight loss, dieting, exercising and all that Mm -hmm. of like, well, then you need to give up something to make this, you know, and that's, that can be such an unhealthy cycle because, you know, that's just, it's just, you're going to spiral. A lot of people can't heal with those kinds of words, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, yeah, to your point, one of the biggest things that I'm also worried about along the, these lines, particularly for wrapping up the year of 2020 is the fear mongering that they're, they're going to play off of this pandemic, right? They're going to play off of, and really like do a lot of fear mongering about you know, any weight gain that anybody potentially, you know, sustained throughout this global pandemic that we're all kind of grappling with, um, and really jump all over that and, and kind of create a lot of shame around that. And then I'm, you know, again, like it's really going to be laid on thick and, and this is a particularly difficult year. I think this has been a particularly difficult year for everybody. And the fact that, you know, the pandemic and, you know, shame around people's bodies, is going to be played into it, I think is just, I'm just, I'm scared. (laughs) Well, and that kind of let us in, I mean, we've, we've just basically touched on my next question, which was just like how people are tricked into it. And I really think you guys both hit it on the head with this word shame, because I remember, um, when I, I had, have been speaking so openly about everything that I had gone through and it, I am a, a larger bodied person. And for so long, it took me so long to get someone to listen to me, which is fat phobic and diet culture informed physicians, not seeing past my body size and actually seeing what was going on inside of me. But just that moment of like, well, it was all because of what I was putting in my mouth or not doing. But in reality, I was waking up at four 30 every morning. I was at the gym by five 45. I always did an hour long hit workout five days a week, some days, six days a week. And one of those days was a 90 minute class. I taught dance for 12 hours a day. Like there wasn't, I was moving my body so much. So this, this idea or this, uh, illusion of moving your body so much more again, to shrink it is, is just another part of that diet culture, um, like talent that gets inserted into you, you know, again, like you guys said, like when you can't hit what they want or what they see in other people, again, not taking into consideration that everybody is different, um, that we will all quote unquote, get the same results, you know, like, well, if you only walked three miles a day, well, guess what, you guys, I have been walking over 15 miles a week 
for the last seven months of my life, because that was pretty much the only exercise, which is my joyful movement right now, mm. but it didn't make me drop a, a crap ton of stuff, but other people could be in a larger body than I am and do that same 15 miles a week and drop a ton of weight. Like, <clears throat> so I don't say that to like inspire anybody. So please don't think 15 miles again, I shouldn't have probably said a, a number with that to make anybody kind of hang on to that. But it's that it's that shame, like that because they think they have this paradigm of what will work and who it will work for. And it's just you that has to do it. Um, And people sacrifice sleep for it, right? They get up super, super early um, and they are burning the midnight oil because they've got kids and they've got to tidy up the house and get ready for the work day and everything. And so they're not going to bed until midnight, one o'clock, but getting up at that four o'clock hour to go work out. Um, and it's, it's, that's gross, but it's, 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 it's a trick, right? Yep. Like you said, it's a marketing ploy. Like there is billions of dollars funneled in to diet culture, specifically, like you said, this time of the year. Um, what do you think it, in the new, what is the most harmful with diet culture in the new year? I think I'm skipping yeah, down to me. two. <laughs> yeah. Um, Why, I think, anybody? you know, well, I mean, what I think one of the biggest reasons um, that, you know, <clears throat> one of the big reasons is that social media or is social media and how weight loss efforts are literally plastered everywhere that we look, right? You know, even in my, uh, my own feed, right? Which is unreasonably in, in, <laughs> safe from diet culture and very, very body positive focused. You know, I even have weight loss ads sneak in and it, you know, it's awful. And, and pairing that again, as I was saying, um, with having just dealt with such an emotionally charged time for many people, right? The holidays, um, I think it, it, it just is the icing on the cake, so to speak, right? Like people are struggling this time of year. It is not a happy time for everybody. It's actually quite a stressful time for many, many reasons, right? Like some people don't have the family or there's trauma around this, what, whatever it is, it is a really difficult joyful and difficult time. And, you know, the diet industry or the industry is simply preying on people's vulnerabilities and insecurities, particularly after, like I said, such an emotionally charged time. And it's just, it's just disgusting. So true. Because hmm. it is, you know, it's, it, that's interesting because I did have a conversation. I think I had a conversation with Lisa because it's been years since I've traveled home. My grandmother passed away forever ago. So I was always honest with my mom. I'm like, I don't want to get stuck in a snowstorm. Hello. They just got, you guys got 43 inches of snow overnight in Claremont, right? Like my mom was like, it's up to my hips. So I was like, I'm glad I don't live there. Um, you know, and <laughs> I'm like, another reason why I would never travel home at the weekend or the holidays anymore. But um it is like people have for so long in my experience, like complained almost about the holidays and the stressors. And I really got to go to this person's or now we got to go, we got to go to three different houses on Christmas Eve. And I'm never at home on Christmas. And it always feels so much. And now like the one thing they're asking us to do is stay the F home. And people are like, I'm not staying home on Christmas. I got a dinner duty. Who's going to make me feel like a fat tub of lard when I eat two desserts. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, so, and then you got that and then you got the diet industry who's going to come in after those traumatic or trauma inducing experiences or visits or encounters and swoop in and tell us even more how much we suck, yeah. you know, like, oh, so I know. frustrating. And I have to say, you know, at least over the Thanksgiving holiday and um, we'll pretend that Christmas has already gone by, but it really hasn't. So, <laughs> but, you know, for, for um, you know, for many of my clients, as you can imagine, right, the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, right, that have a lot to do around food and family and that kind of thing can be really difficult and very triggering for um, the majority of my clients. And I have to say that, you know, given the status of the pandemic and how they are encouraging people to stay home and most, I would say, of my clients have respected those guidelines and did, you know, do only, you know, celebrations within their own families. A lot of them had a lot easier of a time navigating the holiday, you know, and it's so, it was so fascinating to me, right? How, um, you know, at a time when it's supposed to be so joyful and supposed to be so, you know, re- reuniting and family, right? Like a lot of my clients were um, remarkably 
all right moving through this particular um, Thanksgiving holiday. And that was really fascinating to me, which that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the diet industry itself. But I thought that was really um, worth noting as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, did you want to take the next question, Lisa, or do you want me to do it? It's up to you. Because um, it kind of ties in. You go, because I have no clue where we are. <laughs> Remember we, I'm we not have, used no. to you throwing me one. <laughs> I know. Usually, I'm again. I'm very greedy, and I lead everything. Well, um, I, then- I will jump in actually just a little bit too because I think you know we did that first question. We did talk a lot about you know the three biggest traps or whatever. But one of the other things that I wanted to say about you know um, another way that people are kind of trapped or tricked um, into the diet culture mentality this year. You know, one of the biggest ones for me is that the New Year's resolutions. Um, they're often diet and weight loss driven goals, but they are masquerading as health goals, right? And I'm going to say health goals with like air quotes here. You know, for example, I want to detox so that I can feel better, or I want to start this particular exercise regimen because I want to be healthier, et cetera. But like, you know, let's, we need to be honest here. A juice cleanse is not by any means going to, uh, you know, help your body operate any better than it does now. You know, as I said earlier, it's going to make you shit your brains out and feel empty, you know, so it's important to at this time as well, get honest with yourself, right. Is starting, you know, a new year's exercise regimen to achieve the actual health benefits, right? Like improved sleep or more energy or, or better, you know, cardiovascular function, you know, or because you envision the pounds just melting away, right? If it's, and if it's the latter, unfortunately you've been had, right? So a, a good question that, um, actually one of my, my idols in the, uh, you know, anti-diet culture world, her name is Kara Harbstreet. Carb Street. Um, she is also an anti-diet registered dietitian, but she had said, you know, ask yourself the question, would I still be doing this if there was zero chance that my body would change as a result? Mm. And I, you know, I really like that because that is a really great way to get honest about what are your intentions and what are your goals. And again, remembering that if the goal is simply shrinking your body, that is not it, people can believe that it is absolutely for health reasons, but again, like, you know, we've said in, in your past episodes, health is not determined by the size of your body, nor does shrinking your body equate to health. And so, you know, but the diet industry perpetuates that and, and that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the new year is the time to get healthy and the time to, but it's, it, again, it's, it's an, it's a whole masquerade of, you know, this is really just a way for them to make money. Oh my God. And it's so true because I will be honest. I, when I signed up for orange theory at the beginning, it was to shrink my body Mm -hmm. and obviously it wasn't shrinking, but there was other things that were happening. Like I was watching my speeds and my endurance and my strength go up. Like Mm -hmm. when I was the person that had to go to the heavyweight rack for things, or I was PRing on my, you know, um, rowing or on my running and my, my all outs were going faster and faster. And and instead for me, it wasn't about the pounds or the inches anymore. When that used to be my whole like focus, it was about that. So I missed that to a T, but I also knew that that exercise, though it made me stronger and faster in many different ways, I also realized that that wasn't what my body responded to perhaps the best way because my body was then in a constant state of like fight like Mm. you know like it was just like you are not giving me what I need I wasn't getting enough sleep and I said to Lisa the other day because I sleep until seven I mean my I my eyes will always open about about 6 55 like I'm like oh my alarm's gonna go off because like you have that natural like cadence in your sleep rhythm at that point but I said to her I cannot fathom going back to waking up three and a half hours earlier. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. I don't, I couldn't imagine living my life that way anymore. And Mm -hmm. so for people to be, like you said, like if if, if my only goal is to visually change my body, is that really Mm -hmm. even a goal that's worth it? Because I'm seeing on a lot of TikToks, and we're gonna talk about this later, like 
if you want to lose X amount of weight, this is what you have, like, th this is really what you should be doing a week. So it's people disguising again themselves as health and saying like, really, you should only lose this much. So when people promise that you can lose one to two pounds a week, that's crazy. They're going to make you do all this crazy stuff, but I can help you lose a quarter of a pound or half a pound. And that's manageable or doable. And I'm like, you're still trying to tell people to shrink their body and then disguising it, like you said, as health. Like, how, how, is, how does that have anything? The only thing that we should be looking at is to me is like lab tests, cardiovascular right. strength. Like, can you sleep through the night? Like, that's the <laughs> other thing too. Like, yeah. no one sleeps enough, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the things you had mentioned before, specifically with, with your clients um, that have their, their eating disorders and things like that. And it's, you know, what are, what are some of the things that you do with them? And again, now that we're in pandemic holiday mode, it's a little bit different, but like what's m most impactful or in tools that you give them to be impactful during this kind of ramped up turbulent time about body size? Yeah. I think one of the biggest impacts that, you know, my practice and my personal values and ethics surrounding this diet culture surge is, you know, standing firm, honestly, in the reminder that you do not have to engage. You do not have to pursue weight loss. You don't have to pursue weight loss at any time ever. Uh, mm -hmm. particularly, right, um, as of January 1st, um, it, you know, even if everybody else is doing it, you know, also, again, acknowledging that this can be, you know, a really incredibly triggering time for people being inundated with these messages, as we said, after, especially after a really emotionally charged time dealing with the holidays as well as family, and just being for me and my practice, just being present as an additional support and saying, you, you don't have to engage. You have the right to set these boundaries. You have the right to opt out. Um, you know, so again, for, for my practice and for my clients, this is actually not a time where we really set goals, right? It's, it's a time where we take to become extra grounded mm -hmm. so that they can continue to stand firm in their recovery efforts mm -hmm. and continue to disengage from the messages and behaviors that have been so toxic um, in their life. So I think one of the, like I said, one of the things is just really um, not engaging in the, the goal setting. That's not to say we don't set goals, but mm -hmm. it's really a time when we refrain from anything so charged and so, um, mm -hmm. you know, so life-changing, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that makes so much sense. I can remember year, not even too far back, that was always one of my goals was how I was going to lose X amount of pounds or how mm. I was going to, you know, do X amount of things to, again, focus on shrinking my body. And it's so crazy to think that, like, that I was convinced that this time of the year was the time to do it. And I had all the time in the world and, you know, like... I just worked a little harder, like that mm -hmm. carrot, you know, right. like that would be dangled out inside of us. And you hit something um, right on the head when you, because one of my next questions was about, you know, we're looking at holidays through the lens of COVID. Um, the rest, the mm. majority of the world, and and tr like people who really give a shit about everybody else in the world are adjusting themselves. Lisa and I have talked at length on this topic about what you know like the sacrifices that we're making now even though we can get bitter when we see friends or people not following the rules we have to remember that the things we did kept other people safe so we're part of the solution not part of the problem um but i've seen an increase of people fat shaming other people on social media mm. um or people who have come out and said this was my body before COVID-19 this is my body now and I'm celebrating it so I know it's meant as like body positivity but again it's that that awful trap of social media but oh I also feel like it's them luring them to their pages because they're now gone on the Arbonne train or the Plexus train or the juice from Hades train like whatever they want to call call it, um, to help people lose that quote unquote COVID weight. But like, how would you describe, um, the, the behavior of these people? Cause they're calling themselves influencers, right? right? They're saying like that they're influencing people and they're just trying to, again, mask it all as health, but how do you, um, how would you describe their behaviors? You kind of already did. And then, um, 
how do you counsel your clients or our listeners about the harms that is being caused by consuming this kind of social media in their daily lives? So first off, to the social influencers who are doing the fat shaming or the indirect fat shaming, as I, I like to say, right? Where they're like, congratulations, you look so great. Or like, look at how great I am now that I am smaller, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say shame on you all, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely shame on you all. As a, as a pursuer or influencer of health, how healthy, honestly, is it to incite behavior changes directly out of guilt and shame. Second, you know, this, as we said, is a particularly delicate time for many and any influencer that seeks to influence or gain followers by creating something that's not a problem into a problem and by preying on people's insecurities and vulnerabilities, they should be fucking banned. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. period, right? Because they cannot even begin to comprehend the amount of damage that they're creating. The only people that can begin to comprehend that amount of damage are the clinicians such as myself that are dealing with the fucking backlash that these people are are, are causing. And so I often care at counsel, often counsel my clients on the dangers of social media. Now there's a lot of good on social media too. I don't want to negate that, but you know, I, I really have to tell them that the only, the only cleanse that I will ever support ever is a social media cleanse or a social media detox, you know? Um, Often I, one of the things that I do to help is I help them um, go through their social media accounts and um, delete, block, or unsubscribe to any account that doesn't make them feel great about Mm. about themselves. Mm. Um, And then the other thing that I do actively is I give them a a list, right? Of of positive accounts to follow um, that encourage and encourage them to learn actually about each person behind that account and really understand their story, right? So all of these people that I have on this list, and I'd be happy to share it with you because there's some great names. You guys probably already know who all of them are, Um, but I really (laughs) encourage them to learn about each of these people's stories because it is, I mean, it is so relevant. It is so important, right? Looking at the accounts, if you have really an understanding of what that person's about and who, what their story is and how, what they've um, survived, um, you know, it really resonates with people in a positive way. And this not only serves um, to remove the negativity from people's feed, but it, to add the positivity back into it and the safety, I mean, the safety mm-hmm. back into it. So true. You know, the other, um, the other side of that real quick, sorry, um, oh, yeah, is that um, I've seen the TikToks that you're talking about. Honest, like, actually, I think I've only seen one in the version that you're talking about, but I've seen the version of the person who's like, hey, look, I gained 50 pounds. Like, this is, this is me. Love me for me. You know, so I've seen both sides. Um, and my takeaway from the weight loss one, um, which maybe this is just me was more, I felt so sad for the person because to me, when I looked at her suddenly in this like super sexy outfit, um, and was like, you know, banging hot, you know, like whatever I, I looked at that and I thought, I hope she's not associating her worth, her sexiness and her beauty to the image that she sees now. And when she sees the image of herself in January, she thinks so little of that amazing person in January. Mm. And so too, I also think it's important for us to always recognize that what we put out there gets perceived by Mm. whoever, wherever the person is and their mindset in the moment they see that. You know, Jess Mm -hmm. is very first to like fight for anybody who's going to receive that negative. You know, like she's just, she's messaged me like, Oh, I saw this person. She's talking about, you know, this weight loss surgery that she had and like trying to talk people into having it. And so she reacts in that kind of like trying to protect the masses. And I looked at that video and I just think it's an interesting, different perspective that I looked at it as like, Oh honey, you missed the whole point. Mm. Missed the whole point of growth you could have had from January to today. And maybe your body would have transformed that way still, but do you love January you? Like, that's my Mm. question. Like, please Mm. tell me you love her. 
like your identity from January to today is that same I'm me love me you know like take me for what I am you know and so I don't know it's just a little slightly different perspective that I had on the exact same videos that Jessica watched that I just wanted to share because I think even for myself maybe I need to think about how things get received you know Mm -hmm. it's like the April Fool's Day like I'm pregnant joke Mm -hmm. or the other day I saw one and she was like I know this is unexpected but I have an announcement my life will forever be different somebody's coming in and like kind of implying that she's expecting and it ended up being a joke about Santa and Mm. I just thought and maybe it's because I know people who have infertility issues and Mm. I'm 40 and don't have children yet so that's like a is that a possibility still for me and I think I know you and I know you would be devastated if you know that somebody could look at that and think so insensitive she doesn't understand the pain that I'm physically going through right Mm. now you know and so I think that's just a good lesson too on trying to understand perspectives of the people around us especially about like loving yourself because I think if I took anything away from our last conversation Kristen is that you know like your body shape and size shouldn't matter if you love yourself you know and like the rest gets figured out because you're in a place of love and joy for yourself you know Mm -hmm. so that's just a little perspective I had I mean it's such a good perspective though because it's true like we will Alicia and I share a lot of stuff and I've been sharing with you Kristen some of the things that I share with her one of them being um uh an intuitive eating haze uh, personal trainer Lauren Gias- Laura Giassi I think her name is and she's British and she's beautiful and every morning I look at her Instagram and it makes me laugh because she's like good sleep good poop good walk in the morning and it's like okay she's like that's how I measure my health like did I sleep okay good did I poop okay today good oh I didn't poop and she'll say like you didn't poop this morning it's gonna be a rough day like <laughs> you know so it's it was it, I, f- I found her and she's one of the things that she's been talking about recently on her social media is and advocating for is like, people are like, are you even a trainer? You don't take before and afters of your clients. And she's like, I don't, because there's no need to like, we're not, our, my, my, my business is not in shrinking bodies. My business is training people appropriately. So they don't hurt themselves when they're working out, <laughs> like, you know, so she's, I, I love the way she puts her content out there, but it is true. You have to look at it and that, and then how many people are just trying to validate themselves because there's other things that are broken and that they're not working through emotionally, spiritually, or mentally, you know, about, like you said, Alicia, about liking themselves. Mm-hmm. Like there's something there, right? Um, that's not saying that everybody who posts a picture of themselves in a sexy outfit no. is struggling mentally or any of that. No, kind it's of stuff. just a question I have. Yeah. How did, how did you a- feel about your before? Yeah. How did you like yourself before? Because I know like in the past when I went on a journey to try to lose weight or or whatever it might have been it was from a place of dislike of me Mm -hmm. because I was associating like look at you like you're pathetic (laughs) come on Mm. you know and so that's just where I'm coming from as somebody who's looked in the mirror crying and saying I didn't like myself and I hope that's not where their journey started so it's like me I just want to like have a talk like and that's mm-hmm. probably the coach in me of like so tell me about you in January what mm-hmm. made you decide like were you just bored at home and you're like <laughs> well I might as well do some squats and some push-ups you know mm-hmm. or you know like what exactly was it could you look in your in the mirror January and be like damn I'm hot you know yeah and I think too you know, this time of year, as we're, you know, talking about this particular time of year and it coming off of a, another particularly time, stressful time of year, um, you know, it really just, it incites so much shame and so much hatred and so much self-loathing, right? And it's really fascinating because again, you know, it's, it's, it begins with like, the change of seasons and then we're transitioning into family and celebration and love and gifts and Santa and children and all that. And then it's like, bam, self-loathing. You suck. You look Mm -hmm. terrible. Look at all these people that look better than you. 
what are you going to do about it? And, you know, you know, to your point, I think, I think that's a great question, Alicia, you know, asking, well, what was so wrong with your January self? Did you, how did you feel about yourself, you know, in that moment? And I just couldn't help but think like, we don't, a lot of people don't have a fighting chance at this time, you know, and that's a big part of this issue. Wow. Yeah. It's so huge. And like, so you, you talked about a little bit, you, you, I loved the idea I wrote down uh, social media cleanse or detox, which I think is really good. I like on TikTok that you can like say, don't show me things like this. Like if you see a specific thing where in Instagram, it kind of follows the algorithm and then you can kind of block that account or that hashtag. So it doesn't come up for you anymore. So it's a little bit harder. I think on Instagram, a little bit simpler on um, TikTok to, mm. to sort out or weed through your detox, your, your algorithm. But you, what are some other things um, when you're working with your client, we've gotten through the Christmas holiday, we're a couple, maybe a couple weeks into the new year. Um, how do you prepare them for going into what I like to call March, which is February and March, which is New Hampshire <laughs> and Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota is a deep, dark hole of nothing. And every day feels like Groundhog's Day. It's March. February and March, March. And it's like this, the days are the same. Like the first of February is the same day as the first of yep. March. And you just, yep. it's like a loophole of shit. And, snow <laughs> and, 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 and interestingly enough, everything is fucking brown outside because yeah. it's like melting snow and dirty and the plow. <laughs> And, and no one's putting their twinkle lights on except for the no, one house in the corner that's no, like screw it by the way, if I can use year. this little platform for a hot second just to request can we just can we just start and leave the Christmas lights on until daylight savings comes back or what do we change the clock yeah. ahead of time so there's is light at a reasonable time of day again because I mean that is my favorite time of year just seeing all the beauty as you're driving yeah. through can we mm-hmm. just Christmas lights on I'll do it, do it. I'll right. leave mine on just it'll be till through farch, I'll leave. Yep. Feel free to put Santa <laughs> yeah, away and the nativity yeah. scene, but, but leave the, the twinkle lights. lights. Yeah. Please, please do. You don't have to leave your, put the lights outside so that we can all see it's very joyful. So yeah, so I, you know, I, the way that I help my clients um, prepare for the new year, as I said a little earlier, there, you know, there's not a whole lot of goal setting um, that's focused on new year's resolutions within my practice, you know, instead clinicians such as myself in the Hayes community, the health at every size community, we focus more on supporting our clients during this difficult time. However, some clients um, are in a space where they want to begin exploring actual health focused goals to pursue over the next year. And so if they're in a space to safely do so, um, you know, some of the things that we try to think about are what do I want to learn this year? You know, or what is, or how is, um, how do I want to feel this year? Or, or what is something new that maybe I want to experience that I haven't experienced before? I've had trouble experiencing before, you know? So we really tend to use it, um, if we're going to spend time on this, to use it as a time um, of reflection, to take a look back over the last year as well, and to name and remember all of the positives that came about, you know, um, we do a lot of, um, looking back at the last year and kind of focusing on how their recovery has transitioned and progressed, which Mm is one of my favorite things to do. Um, and, you know, thinking about things like the last or the, excuse me, the personal development over the last year that I am really proud of is Mm -hmm. what, or last year I felt really good when I, did X, Y, or Z, or, you know, how do I want to spend time with my family and friends? And so those are really more of the, the ways that we prepare people or we do goal setting with people around the new year. And again, it is not in any way, shape or form to, you know, um, change their body or change something about them. It is really a way to, um, enlighten and to expand and to build on what they already are and what they've already worked so hard to build. I love that. That's beautiful. Because (laughs) why are we so obsessed with taking away from ourselves? Why not build Mm. ourselves up and celebrate everything? Like uh, you just lived through a global pandemic. They're going to talk about this in 200 years. 
we're going to be those people. Like, you know, I always say, what can we add, not subtract? And I do that Mm -hmm. with food. We do that with experience too. What can we add? We don't want to take away. Like you said, Jess. I love that. What can we add? I'm just writing notes down. Um, So we are going (laughs) to, we have so much more to talk about, but we've already done like an hour, pretty much close to that. So pretty crazy, right? Um, so right. we are going to say uh, goodbye for just a hot second, but we're going to bring back, bring you back on here with episode 22, which I cannot believe. Um, so thank you so much. I know this is, in, this is a crazy because I can't believe that that's, you know, like where we are right now. Um, and I'm just pulling up some more notes because I have this written down. I forgot to do our outro. We do that. We copy our <laughs> intro, but not our outro. So a um, <laughs> couple of things. Um, the, this episode today was brought to you by the Purple Dash, which is where you can find Alicia. So if you're looking for something to do in the new year that's going to help build you up, expand your horizons, I definitely highly recommend um, joining her. Um, she's got a couple of free Facebook groups that are yes. um, in motion right me. now. Come find me because in my free Facebook group, I'm going to be giving away free sessions to people. So definitely a huge tool. So go ahead and find me. You can find me on Instagram at the purple dash and there's a direct link to my private Facebook group. Yes. And um, Kristen, can you tell them where they can find you? Yes, absolutely. So I am, um, you can find my website at www.mananaknutritionservices.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Manadnock Nutrition Services, or you can email at to, excuse me, you can email to hello at manadnocknutritionservices.com. Perfect. And please, everybody share our podcast with your friends. Give us five-star ratings. You can find us anywhere that you can download your podcast. You can join our conversation. We want to hear from you. We want to chat with you. You can email us at conversationswithanj at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. And we know that our goal in 2021 is to interact with you lots and lots more. So please make sure you find us on those handles. Um, Like us, give us a follow, double tap on a couple things so that we pop up in your algorithm, all that good stuff. We hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll be back next week with Kristen and we're going to continue our conversation on new me or new year, new me. Yay. Bye Bye, everybody.